does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. You're listening to the best of Kevin and Query on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. What the hell is this? Can't tell you last time I've been poured coffee in like a nice 16-ounce styrofoam cup. Do you guys remember when the Panthers made the Super Bowl, there was the guy that had the Carolina Panthers song? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can Midnight play that. Comes and you I think you'll play that tomorrow ahead of the draft. Like no, the guy that the guy that like was standing Carolina Panthers, sharp teeth and claws. Oh, some guy's been like blowing up my and, DM. And that, like, you need to play that song before the draft. That I'll, I'll guy also did a song about coffee that that is equally horrific. And the only thing more disgusting than mayo or a song about it would be that jackass singing about coffee. So like, why don't we just go ahead and okay. You know, and, and as you said, I mean, you you brought it up last break, and I thought you were referencing maybe a math final you had taken recently. Uh, by the way, uh, two weeks from today, Jake graduates. Yeah, that right? that, that's if I survive this crap. Two weeks from you're today, you're not doing it. I thought you're just going to be a, a, a willing participant by viewing it. You're not going to enjoy Dude, it. Like they, he's taking like second hand. Like I can go get you with some in. coffee. Uh, two negatives make a positive is what I was getting. I, I'm going to get grief that. if I don't do it. So you might as well go get a cup, Mark. This peer pressure at its yeah. finest. You know, this is like you have the party Stand the night before up, graduation, and Jake say, "Hey, Jake, jump off the roof with all of us." <laughs> That's what my wife Ashley said. She said, "You're peer pressuring Jake into doing this." I'm like, "He doesn't have to do it if he doesn't want hey, to." Hey, I'm the oldest of my grade, so I was older than all the other guys. So I really never had like peer pressure to be honest with you. Okay. So I asked my students yesterday what was the wildest thing I'll they'd seen during Little Five Week, and one of them said. um they saw a kid go through a windshield. He's okay, but um, 25, 30 mile per hour driver right outside of Bill Armstrong Stadium, boom, through the windshield. Another one said, um, at a party, 17th and Dunn ish area, He's okay, uh, jumped off a roof uh, onto a table. Didn't look as maybe as fluid as he thought in his mind, but. That one is also okay. You ever think about like some of those near? I mean, not to say that like I was, you know, been close to being hit by a car like that, but like, let me n- tell you, n- near misses like that. Okay, the Monon, where the Monon is in Broderpool. Uh huh. Right by uh, Chipotle. McDonald's. Correct. Correct. Long before that was the Monon. That was simply a deteriorating train trestle that came out of the woods, essentially, into the White River. And when I was in high school, we would walk out to it and jump off of it into the river. (laughs) And my mom one time says to me... By the way, Mark's smile looks like a kid on Christmas morning. My mom one day says to me, now when you go to Broderpool with your friends, what, what are you doing? And I thought, oh gosh, she knows that we're jumping into like four feet of water into what probably is raw poo water in White River. And I'm like, um, well, it's kind of like what we're drinking so right now. Very similar. And so finally, I confessed to her. I go, we're jumping off the train trestle into White River. And my mom goes, oh, thank goodness. I thought maybe you were doing drugs. No, mom, drugs. just risking our lives. All right. So Mark's can I got see this? Can I see this? T- now you can. Oh my gosh! Mark, that I'll jar is massive. I told you, it's at 
It's from. Can you put it? Uh, sh show the camera, Mark. Right over Jake's shoulder. Hey, can you tag? Who's our um, Dukes? Can Dukes you tag Mayo. Dukes? I mean, we could potentially get a sponsorship out of right there. this. There you go. First off, this coffee's hot, is it not? Yes. I don't drink hot coffee. Oh, gosh. Mark, bring that over here. I'd love to just get a little plop right in the old hot <laughs> Joe here. All right. Here. Get, oh, here. Get that bring, smell we bring it over here for the camera. Again, this is in honor of Will Levis. Could be the Colts draft pick. God, it is a little bit more horrifying than I than I thought. Yeah, so you admit that mayonnaise is disgusting, right? Uh, by the way, yes. By the way, this expires one month from today. Okay. Do you think Mark there is going to... Go. All right, great. And, and wait a minute. You bought this when? Nice little oh plop my God. there. You see yes. that spoon? Beautiful. Thank you, Mark. Let's see if we can get the plop on the sound effects here. How good are our microphones here? <laughs> oh, that was, that, was, that was a thick drop right there. You oh, see that? Uh, like I said, you know, it's the offensive lineman doing the hold belly on, flop into the old pool. You, you got to put the put the lid back on this, man. Oh, you got to stick up this whole joint. Boy. I don't, get a oh nice my God, little mix of it. I don't think oh, this can you imagine Will Le what should we Will Levis and his girlfriend bonding one morning over coffee and mayo? Ingredients: soybean oil. Are we cheersing? Should we all egg wait, yolks, all water distilled and cider vinegar? I think we need to drink this quick. This is salt, easy. paprika, and natural flavors. What in God's green earth are you guys about to consume? Oh, will, our, will our listeners let us know if they heard the plop? I feel like they it was a absolutely good sound heard it. Are you kidding me? That was the most horrific sound known to man. Mine's curdling pretty quick. <laughs> now, are we? Are we curdling? Before we go, cheers here on this. Are we all in on the will? Like, does this here, pick need to happen? You have a spoon right there in your napkin. Will this help us potentially get him on the show Friday morning? It can't hurt, dude. This is. Mark, did, or uh, Jake, have you done it? Does Jake need help, Mark? Oh, man. I, think I can help you. Oh, that's, that's, that's... Oh, my... What is that? A that's a teaspoon. Boom. Okay, okay, fine, fine. What do you want me to do here? You want me just to... to there you yes. go. There, there we go. Is. Okay, there's fine. God, oh, what, are, are we stirring it? I, I didn't stir it. It's oh, just sitting... Oh, my God, It's you just guys, sitting there awful. curdling for me. Get this, get this crap away from me, kinda man. Kind of looks like one of those Irish car bombs, but much, much worse. <laughs> All right. Boy, oh, my a, God. I can't do it. I cannot do it. There's a lot of chunks I, I of mayo. I, know, my, my I can't do it. Quick. Well, you know what? Honestly, I do it. as you start to stir it, it kind of just looks like creamer in there. Yeah, kind of. Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. <laughs> to potentially Will Levis being oh, the Colts man, quarterback. No. You, can't, you can't look at it. The NFL draft is tomorrow night. See you on the other side. <laughs> Get away from me. You're going to oh, yak. Oh, man. <laughs> I'll put some blood in your pencil. Oh, hell. I'm not going to lie. I haven't even tried it yet. When when, when when a few of the chunks hit your lips, boy, that is that is a tough scene. It smells like America okay, right okay, there. Wait, wait a minute. So am I allowed to chase it with my Diet Mountain Dew? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, if yeah, you want to sure. be that guy, you can. I'm going to stir a little bit more Can I here plug my nose when I do this? Slip. Oh, my God. Do you need any other qualifiers? <laughs> Thank the Lord for the YouTube stream, right? I don't think I'm going to go can... one more. Jake? No, I, I can't do, do it. One. You got I, this, Jake. I, I don't think I can do Jake, it. Jake, two weeks from today for your graduation, for Boo, for Motman, for Shannon. The longer you wait, the faster it turns. So I'd, I'd say Here down the hatch. Yeah, it, you really have to do like a quick stir and then a quick... But how hot is the coffee? Because I don't like hot liquid either. Oh my God. Yeah, it, 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 like my two least favorite things on the planet. You're not going to like it. All right, you might as well more. just do it. Go ahead. There you go, Kev. Good job. Oh my God, dude. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on.
<laughs> Hold on. It's curdling quick. You better do it. Oh, there it is. Get ready. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> I need to turn off my mic so I don't cuss. <laughs> I thought you were going to oh puke right there on the board. Oh, my God. You know, I, I'm going to be honest with you, Mark. Take this uh, crap away from me. There you go, I, I would say the wilder thing is you bought a jar of mayo that size and it expires in one month. <laughs> you know? I, I mean, honestly, like, what, what's the plan of attack? You need to get that, that thing to the infield at Talladega. Uh, it's That's your only chance today, anyway. So, oh my god. And I feel like I almost cheated you guys. I didn't do enough in that, but I mean... Well, would you, I can give you another spoonful. I, I was going to say, did you see how much is in the jar? At, can you even see it? People probably can't see that, can they? Uh, I'm trying to see. On the- I mean... We've got HD cameras, right? Yeah. I think you can see it. That is the most disgusting... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, guess- I didn't even drink it. I just let it hit my lips. Does that count? Am I getting I- any credit? Yeah, yeah, sure. I guess I didn't even oh know my. really what to expect, but it is kind of wild just looking in there and just seeing listen, all the chunks listen, at the top. Listen, I just want to I just want to clarify something for this program, okay? Another stir of it. I'm not saying that I'm Foghorn Leghorn here, okay? I'm not saying that I'm the oldest, the most mature, we'll go and the more. most experienced of this trio here you guys have areas where you are far more talented than i both of you are probably better prepared than i both of you are probably probably smarter than i certainly taking shirts off taking shirts off both of you have done things in your life that are very commendable and responsible more than i no no question about it but there are certain areas where you should just simply heed the advice of your elder, of your senior, of your of your leader and captain. And I've told you for weeks on end, this was a terrible idea that was horribly disgusting and that it was going to be difficult for you to not only, if you were able to even keep it down on the initial take, to then not recycle. And that process has yet to be finalized as not happening. I'm just telling you. Like, you took, Kevin, a big swig of that. Mayonnaise is disgusting. It has no place in a civilized society. I will say, when Mark opened up the top of the mayonnaise jar and I took a look in there, first off, I haven't seen a mayonnaise jar that big in quite some time. And Maddie likes mayo. I mean, she actually is like a fan of it. Um, Oh, God, Jake. Uh, We have a text here from a listener. I won't reveal the name. Jake reminds me of my wife. Always blanking and trying to get out of a task. Okay, well. <laughs> well, eventually, Jake did get there. Sounds like the plop was heard. Is that the plop heard around town? Oh, for sure. Are you coming back for more, Mark? Any more? Oh, Mark's got a spoonful. Oh, is that Jake's shot nah, of mayo? Get, get that the hell away from me. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Mark. God, Mark. You, Mark's crazy. Choice. That was a bad choice. but Mark just took a spoonful of... Of oh, man, <laughs> Mark is immediately regretting his decision. <laughs> so in thirty-seven, well, what are we? Thirty-seven hours away. Will the Mayo Man be the pick? Kevin, I, I, I really do believe he is going to be. Should I brought Tums I, today? Should I brought Tums with us? Yeah, we're gonna need something. I saw the medicine cabinets a little during Baron. the combine. And it wasn't just one person who might have been completely trying to sell me down the river. I don't think so. 
But I did talk to one person who Here's I your think, canoe and a jar of mayo. Good luck, son. <sighs> one person who I, I try like I don't think would lie to me said, "Listen, I can tell you this." There's no player in this draft that Jim Mercer loves more than Will Levis. And I said, oh, okay. And then I started kind of listening around and you started hearing more chatter. And maybe, maybe there was one leak of people that that's what they wanted you to think. That's entirely possible. It's entirely possible that that was designed by the Colts. But like JMV and I have talked about it. And I do think that John is as plugged in with what's going on on West 56th Street as anyone. Kevin, along with you, both. And JMV also seems to believe that Will Levis, it just, to me, it goes back to typically in a draft, one of two things happens, with exception, but for the most part, one of two things happens. You look back on a player that was selected and you go, holy cow, we never heard that guy's name the entire time. Like Reggie Wayne. Reggie Wayne was never even brought in, I don't think. The Colts didn't even talk to him. Right. And that's who they went with. But usually... It's a guy that you go, you know what? We, we kept convincing ourselves of A, B, C, D, and E when in reality, or, you know, we kept convincing ourselves of B, C, D, E, and F when in reality it was player A that was there the entire time. That was the most consistent name linked that we heard all the time. And I know that it's easy for the Colts to say, like, you guys have no idea what you're talking about. You, you, you can, and I get it. That's their job to say that. But eventually, when there's enough smoke, it has to be coming from somewhere. So I'm not saying definitively Will Will Levis is their pick. But if I had to play the law of averages of it, just navigating through everything, he is the name that most consistently has been linked to them. So if I had to pick one, it would be that. Do you think Matt Taylor will go holy mayo instead of holy my? Okay. If Levis is the pick? Probably. Um, I mean, that's solid work by him if it is. Jake, I think I've shared this prior. And I, we're going to have Stephen Holder on in five minutes. And Stephen Holder did a mock draft with the fellow ESPN writers last night. And he had the decision, Richardson or Levis, at four. So we'll chat with him about that coming up here in just a second. When I have heard the Levis chatter, a lot of it was pre-Shane Steichen higher. And so, and again, this is maybe me wanting Shane Steichen to have more say than he actually does. So I'll throw out that caveat. But when I did... My mock draft, the posted to the website yesterday, I, I ended up going with Richardson. I, I'm not abundantly confident that that is the pathway. I have heard both Levis's I, I name would be happy and if Richardson's it's Richardson, name. Just because that cleanses Trent out of our palate. Because that's who I still think of when I hear Richardson. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. So well, you, that's two birds with one stone. No more Mayo and no more Trent. That is, that, that is an upshot, for sure. Now, Kevin, I... Did you tag Dukes, by the way, Mark? Oh, I should. That was yeah, a mistake. Go ahead. Will you tag him with um, that plop? Okay, let me say this also. Now, first off, the shot heard around the world, the plop heard the mayonnaise, around. The mayonnaise is actually coagulating into clumps that are mm-hmm. that are yeah, sticking along the side so of the styrofoam. Um, Definitely get, gets a bit of a sour kick the more you drink it, too. You're still drinking it? Oh, yeah. Well, you got to drink it to the end. What do you mean? I mean, it's a lot. I mean, I I'm not wasteful. I like to stay up and watch... Ted Lasso tonight. I want to make sure I get I my watched coffee it last fix night. in. Oh, I thought it was Wednesdays. Uh, you got to be ahead of the game. Um, here's the thing. Uh, tonight, when you're watching Ted Lasso, Kevin, God. <laughs> at about, at about so 2 fun. in the morning, which is about an hour after I go to bed, I'm going to wake up tonight in a frantic sweat 
And I've had some frantic sweats in my day, but a frantic sweat with with heavy breathing and eyes the size of 50-cent pieces because I'm going to hear that plop again. It, it, that was that was the most disgusting sound ever. Like yeah. that literally the, you could go there or you could go it was acoustics magic. It was the it was the Da Vinci of acoustics. It was the last gasps of the egg whites holding onto the spoon before plopping into the coffee and then just floating. Mm-hmm. That was the sound of, of nails on a chalkboard and a screaming baby on an airline all mixed it's into beautiful. one mix. It's a beautiful scene. It was reminiscent of the flyover we'll see in a month here <laughs> at IMS. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. It is the 9 o'clock hour. This is a very underrated band, by the way, Living Color. Uh, not a bad TV show of the same era. 9 o'clock hour in Indianapolis, technically 9 o'clock hour everywhere in the Eastern Time Zone. Joining us now on the Payless Liquors Hotline, he is with NFL Network and getting ready for what I'm sure is kind of like us on Memorial Day weekend, a three-day blur that goes past. Charles Davis joins us to talk about the upcoming draft. I'll begin with this right away. We'll get right to the meat of the matter. Fourth overall pick, Indianapolis Colts step up to the podium. What's the name we're going to hear? <laughs> we're all waiting to find that out. Good morning to you both. But in my last mock draft, I, uh, I said C.J. Stroud, quarterback, Ohio State. If he's there, I, I would agree with this. And, and tell me if you think this is a fair statement. I, I think the, the most consistent theme has been that the Colts are choosing between Levis and Richardson but if for whatever reasons CJ Stroud does fall and is there then all of a sudden I think that takes that debate right out of Indianapolis's hands and they run to the podium and turn in Stroud's name which clearly you agree with right yeah don't don't disagree with you on that one at all the the only thing that changes the math on any of this for me is what the team's internal reports are about how they feel about the person because I feel like the tape speaks to all of us, right? And all of us will interpret it differently. What we watch, what we like, what we think is, is best for the future. We've seen all the different rankings, and, and they come off the board differently for all of us who get to yap about this draft, right? This person likes Levis. This person likes Richardson. This person likes Stroud. This person likes Young. And then pick your order. Oh, by the way, Hendon Hooker, I think he's better than these other two. So this is what we're into right now. But the way I look at it, and I'm putting myself on it, okay, I like Bryce Young one, I like C.J. Stroud two. If C.J. Stroud is there at four, if I'm preparing for Levis and Richardson, unless there's something about this young man I don't like or I don't think fits my organization, I think he's the better quarterback, and that's who I'm taking. 
So what, Charles Davis is with us, NFL Network. Obviously, they've got live coverage coming up tomorrow night uh, from Kansas City at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, what did you have Houston then doing it too, Charles? I ended up, you know, we have all that, we get all that smoke swirling, right? And 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 I really believe one of two things: either the smoke is real, and all of us are going to need to become fire people, right, and have our masks on and try and interpret it, <laughs> or the smoke's going to clear and we come back to almost chalk. And if that's the case, Houston would go quarterback. But I went with the smoke, and I gave him a defender at two, and I went Will Anderson, okay? Everyone's talking about Tyree Wilson, and understandably so. We had the upset last year at the top of the board where Trayvon Walker's traits went ahead of Aiden Hutchinson's production. Guess what? This year I'm feeling like, okay, if I'm doing my mock draft and I'm saying, okay, I'm going to buy the smoke, I'm giving Houston a defender at two, then I'm going to go with the production. And I went with that there at two. So my question would be this. Let's go back to the Stroud. Because, again, we we know that, right? Very very quickly before we get back to Stroud, I still – there's a huge part of me that's still saying, hey, dummy, how do they pass on a quarterback at two in Houston? I mean, that's that's always the case. The idea of they have the pick at 12 can come back and get one. But you're at two. You get to choose and you get to determine your choice. And yet I bypassed that in my mock draft. So we'll see how that plays out. Anyway, sorry about that. No, that's okay. So it's a good point. So let's say hypothetically, though, that the draft kind of falls the way that initially we thought it was going to. And as a result, at four, the Colts are drafting the third quarterback, meaning Stroud and Young are off the board. In that scenario, they go with who? I'm going with Anthony Richardson, and I am putting all my faith in my head coach and my coaching staff to and my ownership to sit there for a year and get him right and play with Gardner Minshew this season. I'm betting on the future at that point because if Hendon Hooker's knee doesn't get hurt at South Carolina last year, we are having a protracted pitch battle about who the third quarterback is. All right, he's kind of out of it in a sense because of the knee, even though we keep hearing his name back in it. I'm not buying that totally. I still think he's going to be the fifth quarterback. But I would have Hooker without the knee. He'd be in a major fight for this, and I'd probably have the head of Levis and Richardson for the right now. But for the future, I'm going with Richardson. If my pick, if, if you're telling me Richardson, Levis, I'm going right there with Richardson. So the system that Hendon Hooker is coming from at Tennessee doesn't bother you as much as maybe it is some other people? I think where we are in 2023 is where we were how many years ago with the air raid system. Remember when everybody lost their mind? I don't know if they can adapt. I don't know if they can play. The best quarterback in the, in, in the NFL right now is an air raid product. Yeah. No debating that one. Charles Davis, NFL Network analyst. Again, live coverage coming up tomorrow night from Kansas City starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Charles joins us now here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Someone brought up to me yesterday, Charles, and again, I don't think you necessarily are, are thinking this, but you know, for those that are diminishing what C.J. Stroud did at Ohio State, was yeah. that same chatter not there with Joe Burrow and the amount of weapons he had at, at LSU? Can you compare the two situations, or is SEC and Big Ten a big separator there? No, 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 no. I, 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 am, I am, look, I'm an SEC guy. I think you guys know that, all right? I played at Tennessee. We're going to have our SEC pride. 
I am. I think it is so overblown. This SEC, such a separated from the Big Ten, such separated from this. When I'm talking about the top teams in each conference, the top teams in each conference can play. Georgia won another national title. Where was the scare from? Last I checked, it Ohio State was a Big Ten team. Okay, so that's you know if, if we're going to get into all that, I remember Ohio State a few years ago, Dustin Alabama in a semifinal with their third quarterback. So this idea that that you know one conference is a separator from the other, eh, at certain points I get where we're coming from, but you, you, I think you hear what I'm saying right here. Don't discount what this young man did. He took Georgia to the absolute limit in the biggest game of the year last year, coming off of a disappointing game against Michigan. So we saw him pick himself up and bounce back and play really well. The Burrow argument, weapon here, weapon here, weapon here, weapon here. But, boy, he really activated it, didn't he? And this is, this is why I don't worry about it that much. I remember that year going into New Orleans for an NFL game and one of the top scouts for the Saints said, hey, where you got Joe Burrow? And I said, well, I haven't done my, any of my college stuff for this year, but I know last year I had a, like probably a, a, a late two, early day three grade on him. And he said, yeah, you might want to tear that one up and throw it out. He, <laughs> this, kid's, this kid's flying up the board. Stroud was kind of been there. He didn't have to fly up the board the same way Burrow did. I don't think you discount guys who have weapons because at the end of the day, you still have to put the ball on those weapons. You know, the Colts have, Charles, Charles Davis is our guest on the Palo Ziggers Hotline. The Colts have needs, obviously, aside from quarterback. And as a matter of fact, they're an interesting team, I think, because outside of maybe Jonathan Taylor, I guess you'd say Quentin Nelson, you know, there isn't a position necessarily that you look at and say they're good there. They don't need to look at all in any way, shape, or form. So what position in this draft is going to tempt Chris Ballard, where once they get the quarterback position settled, then they get into rounds two and forward, what positions are going to be there where even if Ballard didn't think that was necessarily a huge glaring need for Indianapolis, the depth or the skill set of it in this draft is going to tempt him? Tight end's a very deep group overall. You're not, you know, we're not picking linebackers at the beginning, but there will be a group of linebackers in the second round that you're going to like that, that you would have talked about in other years, probably in the first round. I, I, I've said this all during this draft. I don't think there are seven receivers in the first round as we've had in the past. But there are seven rounds worth of receivers. There is depth there. You can go find guys who can go play. Corners, by, by nature of what we're doing in college football, where we're throwing it more and more, corners are developing more and more as well. You know, I, I've told a bunch of guys, I was like, listen, if you're the third receiver on your team, go find out if you can backpedal. <laughs> because if you can backpedal, you might be the first corner. And that changes the math for you as a player down the road. Changes changes your paycheck, changes your draft status, the whole deal. And, and as long and as tall as these receivers are getting, we're starting to bring some of those corners into play as well, like a Julius Brents from Kansas State. Warren Central product right here on the east side of Indianapolis. Uh, okay, last one, Charles. Appreciate the time this morning. Um, Anthony Richardson, you know, when you see the 53, 54%, that's an ugly looking number. I've had a lot yeah. of people tell me it's not as ugly as that looks. What context do you think there is around his accuracy numbers? Yeah, it's not as ugly. There are some drops. His receiving core wasn't what you would perceive a Florida receiving core to be. 
So there are some of those, but there are things he has to answer for. And inaccuracy isn't necessarily just whether or not a guy catches the ball. Inaccuracy is where the ball's placed. You know, if he's running a crossing route and you put it on his on his hip and he's got to reach back to get it, you've killed the route. If he's throwing a swing out of the backfield on a check down and you throw it behind him, now you've taken the receiver out of continuing to run. If you have a post safety and you're throwing into it on a, on a post or a bang eight and you throw it right into the middle and run your safety right into the big collision, that's inaccurate. Those are the types of things you have to work out with, with, with a Richardson and a number of these guys. The one thing I always caution, I'm cautioning everyone on, and it's a caution flag for me. What's the name that comes up every time we talk about a quarterback is 53-54% now? It's Josh Allen at Buffalo, because that's what he was at Wyoming. He was darn near 70% by his third year in the league. So everybody's like, well, see, a guy can improve. Guess what, guys? Josh Allen is still the outlier. Okay, we haven't had a flood of guys go from 53% to 70% and play at a Pro Bowl level in the NFL. Most guys, what they were in college, you can improve it a little bit. It's not an appreciable difference come, in, come NFL time. So we're still waiting for a breakthrough. So I'm just telling everybody, pump the brakes a little when you go, well, Josh Allen did it. We can get Anthony Richardson to do it. You can get him better, but he's got to prove that he's another one of those outliers because right now Josh Allen still stands alone that way. Yeah, that internal debate between Shane Steichen and Chris Boward will be very, very interesting. Charles, great stuff as always, man. Again, NFL Network tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern, live from Kansas City. Enjoy the barbecue. Enjoy the draft. Yeah, I appreciate it very much. And I like how you started with the uh, In Loving Color with the band, right? Not the TV show. <laughs> That's sure. right. Much better, much better staying power than Color Me Bad. Kind of <laughs> uh, Color Me one, Bad, one, baby, one, my senior right? year. Right? one one nine zero two one zero appearance, and then they were gone. All right, right, guys. Take care of yourself. <laughs> we all doing okay? <laughs> Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. No, we're not. Oh man, I just look in the cup every you know few. few I can't believe you haven't thrown that out yet. It just looks. um, I'm just picturing like Will Levis and his girlfriend like in the living room, like oh cheers, morning. Here's Mayo and what was that, Mark? That was your plop sound. The plop heard around the world. Do you think Stephen Holder? That was 100% that authentic. I, that was Here's the thing with this mayonnaise coffee crap that you guys have brought in here, okay? Mm-hmm. Mark, you're Jim Ursay in this scenario. Kevin's Chuck Pagano, and I'm Ryan Grigson in that press conference. And it's just like you two are like, you know, yeah, you know, I mean, we, we had some heart to heart. And I'm the guy that's standing there like, what is what are we doing here? <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> Stephen okay. Holder, we uh, we did mayo in our coffee this morning just in case yeah, Will I Levis heard. gets the call. Listen, um, I'm going to report you guys to the FCC. There has to be a <laughs> the violation. The FCC, Stephen, OSHA is in here because I just called them. They need yeah. to bring in a hazmat unit. Yeah, I mean, the station's going under. I mean, they're, they're putting them out of business <laughs> mm-hmm. today. Yeah, I, uh, I thought Jake might m- might break out a mask again. You know, it might be one of those mask days for us here <laughs> So inside the studio. Stephen, the million-dollar question is this, and that is we did the coffee and mayonnaise mixture because that – you know, is the the yeah. the story linked with Will Levis? Are we going to be forced to drink mayonnaise in our coffee again on Friday? <laughs> oh God, help us! I hope not. Uh, not because I have anything against Will Levis, except for that. <laughs> I, I definitely have that against him. Let me be clear. Anyway, I, I don't necessarily think this is. Uh, all right, let me let me let me do it this way. I don't buy all the reporting about Will Levis. And, and frankly, I think the people who are reporting it, are, they're, good, they're good brokers of information, purveyors of information, I guess. It, it's just that the information is not coming from the Colts. And I think that matters. Look, I talk to people on other teams as well. And they don't know. They think they know or they have ideas, but they don't know. They, don't, they truly don't know. And so and when I talk to people about the Colts, or excuse me, people from the Colts about other teams, they think they know, but they don't truly know. So, yeah, I, I'd just be very, very, very careful about making any assumptions about Will Levis and the Colts just because it's the only shred of information that keeps coming up, and it's just too convenient, I think. And, and then there is also what I think were pretty honest comments from Chris Ballard. He has said uh, both in his press conference and I think uh, – with the the Colts radio uh, personnel, that you know, he he keeps reading things that are that are clearly not true, and that he knows the information isn't coming from within their building because of the information he's read. The, the only thing I've read specific about the Colts is Will Levis. So anyway, I'm piecing it together, but I'm just treading lightly on Will Levis, not because I have anything against him as the pick. Just, I don't necessarily buy all of the smoke that's out there. Put it that way. Steven, last night for ESPN, you guys did your kind of annual um, beat reporter mock draft, for lack of a better yeah. term. Um, you had the choice of Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. And correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Did it, it went Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson. Is that right? Uh, yes, that okay. is correct. So yeah. then you had Richardson or Levis. Um th- the pick you made, and then if you don't mind, um, it looked yep. like the pick that you didn't make fell quite quite a bit. And hang on, before before you answer that, Stephen, I don't mean to interrupt, but I, I want to make sure that people understand this aspect of it and clarify for us. When you guys yeah. did this last night on ESPN, these are the players that A, you would select if you were the Colts, or B, the player that you most believe the Colts would select in that situation based on the information you have. Um, it is, it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be who you think they'd take. Okay. Now, I, do I think everyone's stuck to that? Maybe, maybe not, but, but, but that's the idea. Yes. I'm okay. glad you clarified that because I guess let's, let's start with the Houston, the, the Houston person picked right. CJ Stroud, which I was probably worth noting. Yeah. I, I, so, so that one, I, I just think that 
there's just a lot of uncertainty about Houston. You know, that's one thing that that a couple people have told me, and this is being repeated in other places. Um, you know, among, among my colleagues reporting uh, this morning in the last couple of days as well, that Houston is just all over the place when you talk to people. And I've heard some specific things about Houston, but I don't know how much of it's true, frankly. I, I really don't know. So I'm, I'm not about to make any proclamations. I would say this. God bless them if they think that they're better off taking a defensive player, and maybe the defensive player will go on to be, you know, some – amazing multi multi all pro player but i'm just telling you man i mean i don't know how that franchise can move forward without a quarterback i I just do not understand especially when you have viable options and these are viable options so anyway that's my two cents Uh, now as the colts as it relates to the colts in my pick i went with richardson it's it's a coin flip, you know, when you're talking about Levis Richardson. I think you can make a case for both. I have a story this morning, in addition to the one you're talking about, I have my own story about the Colts, in which I made it very clear they like all these quarterbacks. And I talked to Jim Mercy the other night, and that was my takeaway, that they genuinely like all these quarterbacks. They don't feel like there's a bad one. He said any of these four are worthy of the top pick. He said that on the record. And and I don't think he's blowing smoke. I think he. I think there is some truth to that that they truly like them. So anyway, that being the case, I just went with the higher upside guy. And and Chris Ballard is a traits guy. Now on the other hand, this is what makes it hard. He also values experience. Anthony Richardson does not have a lot of experience. And and when he's making a draft pick, Chris Ballard wants a guy with a body of work. Uh, you know, ideally, that is not the case here. So that's the argument against Richardson. If you're looking at this through the the eyes of Chris Ballard, which is ultimately going to matter a lot. The last point, another piece of information in that story, and this is from Jim Mercer as well. He made it clear, Shane Steichen going to have a lot of influence on this and he should frankly so that'll be an interesting part of this as well steven does in any way does it play a factor at the owners meeting you were there in i believe it was arizona when jim mersey and i'm paraphrasing Jim Mersey didn't by any stretch of the imagination warm up Chris Ballard's seat, but for the very first time, he insinuated that Chris Ballard's seat at least has a thermometer knob on it. And he said, look, I need to start seeing some results. If you're Chris Ballard, does that in any way, shape, or form influence your decision based on the amount of margin for error you believe that you can create for yourself with a guy that might have a higher upside, but is going to take more patience? No, you know, I, I actually don't think – I know what he said. And to go back and, and to be clear for people who, who aren't familiar with, with the conversation, uh, Jim Mercy was asked – you know, it, I asked him, in fact, I said, look, you know, you, you definitely seem to be embracing the idea that this is going to take time, whatever process the Colts are in. And he said, yeah, that's true. Uh, but he said, yeah, at the same time, yes, you do need to see results. You need to see the arrow pointing in the right direction. But at the same time, I don't think the seat is very warm. I know that's hard for a lot of people to believe, given the record last year. But I'm just telling you, I mean, 
if you're Jim Mersey, you did not keep Chris Ballard if you were not all in on whatever plan he is selling you. Otherwise, this is a, a waste of everybody's time. He has to be all in on it because you kept the guy and you're allowing him to both hire a coach, draft the future size quarterback. If you're not all in on, on the way he's going about it, you should have fired him, frankly, and, and just started over. So the way I see it, Jim Mersey, he's in. He's in for however long this takes. It doesn't mean it's infinite, no. But, I mean, for the foreseeable future, Chris Ballard is the general manager, unless this thing just completely crumbles and falls apart. And I don't mean this year. I mean a couple of years from now. And I'm telling you, it's going to take something drastic for Chris Ballard to be on the way out. So I do not think that Chris Ballard is viewing it that way. He is not in any way, shape, or form operating like a guy who is worried about his job. If you look at free agency... <laughs> that is not a man who Certainly. is worried about immediate results. I'm telling you now, Colts fans, Chris Ballard's your guy. Like it or like it or not, he is your general manager. Take it or leave it. Stephen Holder, ESPN.com. He's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Okay, so the mock draft last night, Stephen, you went Anthony Richardson. Will Levis then fell all the way to number 19 to the Buccaneers, which yeah. I thought was interesting. Um and then you also mentioned, I guess, that you had a conversation with Jim Mersey, and I know you kind of hinted on a few of those comments, You know, one being that all four of these quarterbacks you feel like are pretty close in the Colts' eyes, and that Shane Steichen, which I think is great news for Colts fans, will have heavy say in this decision. Were those kind of the two main draft-related topics from Mersey? Anything else from the big guy that uh, we should note? Uh, well, I'll say this. Uh, a couple things on, on the Levis thing, first off. What I would say is, I, I, I don't know. I think there is, there's always that possibility, right, that, that there could be some huge fall for any of these quarterbacks. So that's always, there's always one. Like, you know, I think, um, I'm trying to think of an example. I mean, Justin Fields, for example, right? I mean, no one expected that fall sure. a couple of years ago. So that's totally possible. But at the same time, I do think there are a number of teams, um, I would say, throughout the, the bottom half of the top ten, and into the teens that that really would be at least have to consider that move pretty seriously. You know, I think about Tennessee. I think about Atlanta's a team that people are telling me to watch, to really watch. I heard that as of this morning, in fact, from another team, another team staffer from another team. He said Atlanta, like if Stroud falls, I heard Atlanta's going to be all over that. So anyway, I, I think Levis is a is a really fascinating guy to watch if he falls because there are reasons to love him and then there are reasons to kind of be just kind of agnostic about him. You know, this depends on where you are. Anyway, uh, on Jim Ursay, here's my big takeaway. Those you did mention, or I did mention, uh, a couple of the big ones. The other thing I mentioned, or that he mentioned, I should say, is that. I really got the impression that they really like all these guys. They, they legitimately like them all. And, and then the other thing I would say is that he said that they are actually still working through this. And he even went so far as to say, look, I know, I know it sounds like I'm just giving you a line here. But he says we're, this is as hard and as heated a debate as we have ever had about quarterbacks or about any first-round pick, frankly. He said that, and, and I thought that was fascinating. It, it, I think it's a good thing because if there's that much uh, intense discussion 
about these these quarterbacks tells me that you know they they all have real merit that uh, that the Colts are considering and that they they see a way or a path to success for all of them. They could be wrong, but but just looking ahead and and prognosticating, uh, they they see a path to success for all these quarterbacks. And I think that's a great thing if you're a Colts fan. I'm not expecting this to be the case, but let's play this one out. Bryce Young goes one, and then let's say the two defensive ends go two and three, Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson. That leaves C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis all on the board for the Colts at number four. Do you think it would be pretty clear Stroud, I guess Richardson, and then Levis in their eyes? Like, how would you – Again, I think to the common fan, everyone would say just run up there with C.J. Stroud with that card. But if these test scores are somewhat accurate, and I guess we can debate that, I, I could see the Colts being a little bit leery of that. I hear you. I, I think the S2, we got to look at it this way. It depends on it, – it, all right, here's the thing. It's not a matter of whether you think the test has, has value. The test has value, we think. It appears, right? And I think the teams that use it clearly think it has value. That's fine. The question is, where does that fit into the entire picture? And we, as on the outside looking in, it's possible we're overvaluing where that test ranks in, in terms of how they assess the player. You know, it doesn't, it's a piece of it. It doesn't mean that, that a lack of success on that test means that everything you love about that guy is invalidated. And so when I bring it to the Colts, I, clearly they think the test has merit. I think, I think they do pay attention to it. That is my sense. They haven't definitively said that, but I, I get the idea or the sense that they do. And if that's the case, I think Chris Ballard's too smart to look at this from the standpoint of, all right, we're going to pass because of that single measurement. I think he's too smart for that. I think you, you would have to be ignoring so much else about C.J. Stroud to make the decision based upon that one element. I, I think that is short-sighted. I think that is foolish. If you like the guy, take him. Now, if you're not sure, then don't take him. But, but that has to be for, for a variety of reasons. It can't just be because of the, the S2 test. That is my view of it. And so I would hope between Chris Ballard, as I said earlier, valuing experience, and we know that his, his history of, of valuing players from the Big Ten, we know that he has ties there. I, I will tell you, he, he likes Justin Fields. I know that. He was watching Justin Fields uh, more than a year before that draft. He, was, he had an eye on him. So I think there's a lot of indicators that C.J. Stroud, if available, would be of very, very much interest to the Colts, or of high interest to the Colts, I should say. Steven, I'm going to ask about this S2 test and this question. And and this might be, maybe I'm about to horrifically embarrass myself on this radio program, which would not be the first time. That's never happened. That's right. Um, first time I'd ever heard of this test was like three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. I, and... You know, there's always an end-all, be-all at the Combine. For a while there, it was – I mean, you've heard my whole rant on that. Um, yeah. The Wonderlick test was all the rage for like 10 years there. When I was a kid, the SAT was a big deal. Then the ACT became bigger, et cetera, et cetera. 
how what is the process by which a test like this gets all of a sudden adapted or utilized by the NFL does the and I and I'm being serious does the developer yeah, no, of this test question. sell it to the league I mean how does yeah. how does it become a thing No great question I think one of the one of the misnomers people have about the draft is that there's always just been this one test like the Wonderlick that actually is not true the Wonderlick was one of several tests at least in my time covering the NFL like in recent years I don't know about 30 years ago but, but definitely, like, in the last 10 years, I, I can tell you, there have been a number of tests. There's, there was the Wonderlick. There were uh, a battery of psychological tests. Uh, I don't know what all of them even measure, okay? I don't. <laughs> I'm going to tell you the truth. But I just know that there were multiple tests. And the way they work is various teams uh, buy into this. I, think, I actually think that the, the people who run the Combine administer this stuff and and then the teams can either pay attention to it or not right so and i'll I'll double check on on who actually administers it but i I believe that's how it works but my understanding is you know some teams subscribe to them and some teams don't you know the the information's there if you want it it's like half the league i think yeah exactly so there is there are companies um you know you mentioned the sat so like the college board Right, they put they put together the SAT, the SAT and the you know the AP test that you take in high school. I didn't take too many of those, you know, for obvious reasons. But anyway, you know, so it's it's very similar to that. You know, these these I don't know what type of companies they are. I guess you would say sports science companies, I suppose you might refer to them as. You know, they they develop these different measurements. Look, everybody's trying to get an edge and sell their product. It's it's very much like that, but. For it to to mean anything and for it to have value to the the NFL, you've got to show that it's meaningful. And so it needs to develop a track record. So over time, different players have taken this test and there has been at least some track record developed that it it has some success or has had some success in, in showing or predicting you know, the the outcome of quarterbacks in particular. So anyway, I would also say this. It's not an intelligence test because that's something that people also get wrong. What it is is it, it measures things like spatial awareness and reaction time, things like that, which are very useful, you might, you might imagine, when it comes to trying to read a defense or find the safety or recognize a coverage. It doesn't mean you're stupid if you do poorly. It just means you didn't see it nearly as quickly, right? And so that's a totally different measurement than just pure intelligence. So that's an important distinction as well. Yeah, I think it's something, too. It's like, okay, there are six or seven sections to this test. You know, show me on film where C.J. Stroud's play meets the lack of a test score. Like, okay. No, you, you perfect know, sh- example. Okay, yeah. show me where he struggled with the last second sort of decision. Now, you can throw out there that, obviously, at Ohio State with such a talent advantage they had pretty much week in and week out that he wasn't maybe put in as many of those situations as some other guys. But, right. you know, for it to be the end-all, be-all, I think would be pretty short-sighted by teams. Steven, um, I, I know you're exhausted, so really appreciate you hopping on with us pretty much every week here in the offseason as well. And uh, hallelujah for tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. Yeah, hey, one, one last thing I'll just add to what you just said real quick. Uh, it's very much like if you, if you look at someone who runs a poor 40 time, and then you watch the tape and you're like, this guy outruns everybody. Well, maybe that 40 time was, 
was the outlier, you know? So it's, it's very much like that. But anyway, uh, thanks for having me, guys. It's always a pleasure. And, uh, you know, just, let's just keep the mayonnaise out of the cup. Here's my last one, Stephen, before you go. Since you made the mayonnaise comment, I'm sticking you with one more. I got to throw this away now that I look at it. One, it's really getting chunky. One word answer. I know you kind of gave the answer here, but one word answer. Friday morning, ESPN calls you and they say, all right, Stephen, the Colts pick is in. We need you to go to the college campus of the player that was selected last night by the Colts with the fourth overall pick. You drive to the Indianapolis International Airport. You walk up to the ticket counter and you say, I need a ticket to blank. You're buying it to where? Uh, this is I'm totally talking out of my rear end here, okay? Um, <laughs> I'm going to say – I'm going to say I'm going to Gainesville, but like I said, man, I'm talking out of my rear end. I, I think C.J. Stroud is the key to all this, though. I, really I would think, agree with that. If he's there, exactly. I think it's going to be hard for them to pass on him. Yeah, I agree. Okay. I agree. Thank all you, right. Steven. All right, guys. All right, one of our favorites. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. About to join us. So much indecision, really, after Bryce Young in Carolina at number one. So, no better person to talk to at the Houston Texans at number two than John McClain, gallerysports.com, the sports radio 610.com, uh, the ever entertaining uh, Mike Chappell, if you will, of the Houston franchises. John, good morning to you. Well, I'm honored with that comparison. Mike might be insulted, but good morning to you guys, too. <laughs> Always great to chat with you, John. I know it has been a while. Uh, the amount of indecision from afar seems to be pretty immense of what Houston's going to do at two. Uh, how much indecision do you think there still is down there? They have no indecision whatsoever. You know, those are national media reports. They know what they're going to do. The key is they put a lid on it tighter than any team I've ever seen. And a lot of people have them switching to Tyree Wilson, the defensive end from Texas Tech. My opinion is this. Tyree Wilson's coming off major surgery on his foot. Then he had to have screws removed. He is 
more of a uh, based on potential instead of production. He was real good before he got hurt in November. But I just don't think you can take that chance. They took a chance last year to Derek Stingley Jr. He Even though he had a foot injury at LSU, well, he had a hamstring injury. It cost him the last eight games. So I think that they're – the Nick Casario, they're desperate for a quarterback and an edge rusher. The edge rushers, Jerry Hughes is going to be 35. You guys remember him, of oh, course. Yeah. Their other one is Jonathan Grenard, who's in the last year of his contract and has missed 11 games the last two years. So they are desperate for an edge rusher. And D'Amico Ryan's head coach was a linebacker and a defensive coordinator. But – they're also desperate for a quarterback. I do not see the Texans go into this season with Davis Mills and Case Keenum as their quarterback. People are so fired up about D'Amico Ryan's being hired. They think the Texans have turned the corners. 12 draft choices this year, 11 next year. They're second overall. They're going to have their choice of four quarterbacks. I just can't believe that Casario would pass up a quarterback to take an edge rusher. Great example, Miles Garrett was the first overall pick. Great pass rusher. How many times he been to the playoffs? Once. they got to get a quarterback unless they don't like any of them, but I don't see how there's not one of them that they like besides Bryce Young. They would love for these Will Levis reports that he's shooting up the charts to be true, and Bryce Young falls into their laps, but I don't know anybody with any common sense believes that's going to happen. So with the second pick, I'm having them take Will Levis. I'm working on my seventh and final and official mock draft, and I'm going to have the uh, Colts taking uh, – C.J. Stroud, and uh, here there's a lot of talk about would the Texans trade with the Colts? Well, you should have the footballs that tell you we're going to do a better job than they are. We're going to get a better player. We're going to coach them up. But you can't have a guy come back against you twice a year and haunt you. It was bad enough with Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck that they went against. So the Texans can't gift wrap a quarterback prospect for Chris Ballard. There's just and Shane Steichen. They just can't do that. So I think the Texans are going to take Levis and then Colts take Stroud and then they'll let I actually have Seattle taking Anthony Richardson, letting him wait a year behind Geno Smith. And then I have Hendon Hooker going to the Titans. So that means all three teams in the AFC South besides the Jaguars would have quarterbacks taken in the top eleven of the first round and we could watch them grow like they've all had kids born at the same time and you want to see who does the best job of raising their kid you know what's funny about that john of those four and i, I don't have the numbers in front of me but i think trevor lawrence might still be the youngest of all four of those guys right <laughs> well there's so much time hand and hooker turned 25 on january first and i think that levis is like 23 and now stroud is stroud still young he's he's 21 well yeah i guess so, stroud now that that leads to this question john john mcclain is our guest down in houston kevin had pointed this out who we just my my coworker here um do you believe if they go talking about the texans if they go levis over stroud how much of that is because of the fact that Stroud's representation and his agent is the same that Deshaun Watson had and that there was kind of a, a rift there within the franchise? Or is it specifically and entirely because they believe Levis is the better player? 
It was no, it had nothing to do with David Mulligetta. David Mulligetta loves the Texans. He got a great contract from the Texans. They said he said, "Well, let me have a no trade clause. Sure, you can have the no trade clause, and then will you trade him to Cleveland? Yeah, we'll trade him to Cleveland. They did everything David Mulligetta wanted. They would never pass up a better prospect based on the agent, and uh, it would be because that they like him better." You know, for all of us, I love watching media people say they watch tape. I wouldn't watch tape. It'd be dangerous. But I've always considered myself, and this is my 47th draft, uh, I gather information from people I trust. I like going on websites with former NFL people, uh, reading them, watching them on TV, listening to them on talk shows, because I respect their opinion. And But most of them are working in the media for a reason. And uh, so uh, it's so interesting to see the disparity where people here, if the Texans draft Will Levis, they have a fan fest for 5000 They're going to boo him like crazy, kind of like they booed the 11th overall pick in 2011 named J.J. Watt. And so then, but you settle down, you get over it. It's like getting over a, a, an illness. Then you get over it, you move on, then you get behind your guy. But there's going to be a lot of bad blood if they pass up on Stroud just because the national media has him as the second-best quarterback prospect. Now, wait a minute, John. You mean if I go on your Twitter account, at McLean underscore on underscore NFL, uh, and about round six, I'm not going to see you sending tweets saying, I'm telling you that the linebacker from Texas A&M's footwork that I watched on tape bothers me more than the left guard for BYU. We, you've you seen it, right? You say that's a terrible pick, but you'll never see me trying to break down uh, players' strength and weaknesses based on just what I've seen. And John McClain's with us, the one and only 47 drafts. Uh, this will be number 47 here coming up. Starting tomorrow night, the Texans drafted at 2 and again at 12. I think given the San Francisco connections, John, there has been, I don't know, maybe a little bit of chatter on the Trey Lance front. Do you think that's anything Houston would entertain? I think that, uh, first of all, we don't know what D'Amico Ryans and their new offensive coordinator, Bobby Slowick, think about it. But I'll tell you this. There's a really good chance Brock Purdy's not going to be ready for the start of the season. Brock Purdy said two weeks ago he might not play this season. Now, the 49ers are not saying that. They're acting like, oh, he's on course, his rehabs, this, this, this. You don't know. He had surgery on his Tommy John nerve. And you know how that is with baseball. And not going to miss two seasons. And it wasn't as serious as the baseball, as the pitchers get. But it was still on that nerve. And so they got to be worried about it. So if he's not there for the first game, do they want to go with Sam Darnold? I can't imagine they would. Now, Trey Lance, we all know what Kyle Shanahan traded up to get him. And last year, wasn't his fault. He played one game. He got hurt. He started a couple games at the end of his rookie year, including beating the Texans. But I just can't believe he would be on the market unless they decided they're going to find another Brock Purdy in another round. And the Texans have 12 picks. They have two first-round picks this year, two first-round picks next year. If they leave the first round without a quarterback, we're immediately going to hone in on Trey Lance. And then there will be a lot of speculation about Lamar Jackson. Now, they're not going to go sign Lamar Jackson for a fully guaranteed 
$230 million, and they haven't made any noise about Lamar Jackson, but they can't come away without a quarterback. You guys have seen their quarterbacks. They're terrible. Davis Mills <laughs> showed a lot of promise at the end of his rookie year, and last year the quarterback coach and offensive coordinator, Pep Hamilton, who was fired after the season, Colts fired him too. He just ruined. They ruined Davis Mills last year. And so maybe he'll bounce back. But if the Texans don't get a quarterback, people can get behind that they believe in. People here are going to go ballistic. John, I'm telling you, the, the thing that's fascinating to me, and the Houston Texans have certainly seen it, and maybe this is me getting too Freudian, but it feels like the quarterback position in the National Football League more than any other position in any other sport has a window. And if a guy, if it doesn't start clicking for a guy and they don't have symmetry around him within a certain parameter of that window, then he becomes David Carr, which is probably a really good player, but there's no turning back. The psyche just gets so shattered that there's no coming back from it. And maybe that's where Mills is, right? Well, first of all, David Carr didn't work real hard. And uh, everybody knew it. He wanted to do all his work at home instead of over at the facility. Great guy, great husband, great father, great son. But he didn't want to put in the time it took to try to be a great quarterback after he was the first overall pick in 2002. But that there's something to that that you want the guy to show some improvement each year. You know, Zach, Zach Wilson regressed. They're saying now oh, this is the best thing that could happen to him, his hero. He's going to be playing with him in hopefully a couple of three years, and then he'll be ready. No, he'll be gone because his contract will be up. And um, so they did They did not do a bad job putting players around him last year. He was just awful. And I don't know if it had to do with coaching system, terminology, or what. He's a smart guy. But a lot of people were high on him. So the Texans – you know, the odds are of these five quarterbacks, three of them are going to fail with the team that drafts them. A lot of times it's the team's fault and not their fault. John McClain is with us here. Again, draft number 47 starting tomorrow night for him. Gallerysports.com, sportsradio610.com. John, when um, the Colts fired Frank Reich, outside of kind of the, the offensive-centric hire, D'Amico Ryans was a name that I think certainly I and many Colts fans wanted to see in the mix. Obviously, the connections with Houston speak for themselves. It seems like that's been an injection of life. I, and maybe I'm just paying too much attention to kind of that welcoming video for Ryan's w- when he became the head coach. But much needed after how things worked out with their past two head coaches and, and getting uh, D'Amico Ryan's back in that building. The last two guys got fired because they did terrible jobs. And they, they at the time, people saw that they did terrible jobs. And, uh, and Lovey Smith would have still been here if he'd had a better offensive coordinator. But he didn't. He's gone collecting millions. David Culley's collecting millions. We should all be so lucky to get fired and collect <laughs> millions. And so they interviewed a bunch of people, and they really liked Shane Steichen a lot. There was a time I thought he was going to get it, but then when they interviewed D'Amico, and Nick Casario has final say. He was they would the McNair family. Well, they wanted him to hire D'Amico, but they wouldn't make him. And when the interview ended on Zoom, he turned to the McNair family and others in the room and said, "We got to get him in here, and we cannot let him leave." And that's what he did. D'Amico 
his wife's from here. They're building a house here. They have a home for wayward kids here. They got married here while he was playing with the Eagles. He told me, Houston is my dream job. I want that job. It just was perfect. The fans, media, the team, everybody wanted him. When they invited former players to come out for that introductory news conference, there wasn't enough seats for the ones that showed up led by Andre Johnson. So people are really happy. They're going to douse that fire that's been burning since he was hired if they don't come out of the first round with a quarterback and they don't trade for Trey Lance. John, last question for me. 47 NFL drafts. My math tells me, which is always shady, that means your first one was either 76 with Dorsett or 77 with Campbell, somewhere in that era, I'm assuming, right? Um, 77. Okay. Of all of those drafts, if you had to pick one, who was the one prospect that you would say was the biggest no-brainer, slam dunk, can't miss, number one, and there was no peer, no discussion, no question about who it was going to be that went number one? I'll go in reverse order. 2014, everybody said Texas got to take Jadavion Clowney. I had him on every mock draft. I did about 15 back then. I had him first overall. We saw that highlight over and over and over about him hitting the Michigan running back and his head rolling. And uh, it, it was it was a consensus. But the one before that was 1978, Bum Phillips, the head coach and general manager. He traded, made a trade with uh, Tampa, and uh, he drafted Earl Campbell first overall. And uh, Earl Campbell, well, everybody in the state of Texas had seen Earl Campbell excel in high school, unbeaten college, University of Texas, won the Heisman. And he was perfect for the kind of offense they ran, which was Earl right, Earl left, and Earl up, up the middle. And they went to two FC championship games and a wild card berth the first three years. And he was MVP and led the league in rushing all three years. That was the biggest no-brainer. And he still will always be the greatest player in our city's history. Somebody to knock him off that pedestal would have to be a hell of a player for a long time. Man, you could sit and have a lot of fun just watching like 10 minutes of Earl Campbell highlights. Absolutely. <laughs> just just I running over dudes. Go on YouTube and watch Earl Campbell run. That is exactly right. It's literally no more entertaining follow on a Texans game day than John McClain on Twitter during the Colts' uh, embarrassing 4-12-1 season. <laughs> John McClain provided plenty of levity in following the Texans. John, uh, it's been a while. Always enjoy when you hop on with us. Uh, good luck with everything tomorrow night. And, uh, um, as always, hope all is well in your world. Guys, thank you very much. Good luck to the Colts and uh, enjoy the draft.